Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Buds and Blue Jays, and I'm your host Jesse Burrell, and I am joined by my co-host Riley McConnell. And Riley, we both seem kind of skeptical skeptical about the Jays going into Houston. We thought going to be a tough series, Verlander on the hills. We thought they might win one game, but it would be tough to win two out of three. Well, they almost swept the damn guys. They ended up taking two out of three, and they looked really good doing it. Game one, they had a 4-3 victory. They had back-to-back home runs from Santiago Espinal and Bradley Zimmer, both off Justin Verlander, by the way. A clutch two-out double by Chapman in the ninth, led by a Jordan Romano save. Game two, the Jays won 3-2. Springer had a leadoff home run. Espinal had another go-ahead home run late in that game. Alec Manoa did his thing. He was solid. And game three that took place this afternoon, uh, Jordan Romano gave up a two-run home run to Jeremy Pena there. The Jays had a lot of traffic on base, a lot of runners in scoring position. They had another clutch double from Espinal. Seems to be the threat trend here these days. And they had a three-run bomb by Zach Collins. So, Riley, initial thoughts about the series there. Well, uh, let's just get right into it, man. Um, mm-hmm. Initial thoughts. You were mentioned it. You mentioned a name about three or four times in there, and yep. that is Santiago Espinal, man. Oh, baby. Like, where did this guy come from? Obviously mm-hmm. had had games last year and didn't really think too much. The question was, geez, like we got to find an acquisition to replace Espinal so he's not starting these games. Now all I can think is we got to get Espinal in the lineup every <laughs> yeah. single game. Like mm-hmm. he is, he's been that good for us this year. Um, obviously a tremendous series in Houston. Like not too, and he did it with the glove too. Two mm-hmm. amazing plays. Uh, grounded up the middle today. He made a really nice snag on the ball. And then a sharp liner hit the second, or sorry, left side of second base from Espinal's point of view. Yeah. Off his feet, gloved it. Beautiful play. Espinal, he's been doing it all, man. And, you know, obviously, let's just get in. You want to talk about thumbs up? There's there's your first thumbs up, dude. Like, Santiago Espinal, it doesn't get any better than that performance uh, in the last three games for him. I think he keeps it up, man. I don't think this is a, a glimmer of, of, you know, sheer luck. I think this is what Santiago Espinal is. Yeah, he was first star without a bullet, guarantee, or without yeah. a doubt, going through in that series yeah. there. Like, not only did he hit his first two home runs of the series, he's been doing this since opening weekend in Texas when he's had these clutch yeah. hits. So his two home runs already matches his home run total he had from last year and already ties the ones he had him out in spring training. And you mentioned the defensive plays like Santiago Espinal right now is playing like a top five player on this team. How you can even make the argument he's playing top three right now. And I looked this up. Santiago Espinal's average distance on contact this year. So every time he makes contact with the ball, it's traveling an average of 212 feet, which is the best on the Toronto Blue Jays and is sixth best in all of baseball. So Santiago Espinal has taken this job and he's run with it. Anytime you're a player in the six best percentile for any MLB player, let alone Espinal. If you're to tell me Vladdy was in that category, mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt it or Bo or Springer, but you know, we're talking about a guy who was a late edition, a late edition roster or late roster edition last year yeah. for this team. And I know we didn't know what to think of this guy. I'll tell you what we think of this guy now. And that's Santiago Espinal has a real chance to be a star in this league. <laughs> which is amazing considering the guy we thought he was when he got him from a prospect in Boston versus how he looked last year as the soft contact guy. He's taken major improvements and I can't wait to see what he does going forward through the season. Hopefully you can keep improving on those things. I'd love to see that Jesse without for we've talked about Espinal enough, man. What's your, what's your first thumbs? What's number two on the blue Jays. It's hard to follow that up, but who do we got? (laughs) Well, if Espinal is number one, I think we have to give our bullpen performance as a whole as our second thumbs up here in this series, our bullpen went 13 and two thirds inning pitch two earned runs, 11 hits. Now a lot of those 11 hits came today, two walks and 19 strikeouts for this bullpen. 
Adam Simber and Jordan Romano both got saves this series. We had scoreless appearances from Trent Thornton, Jimmy Garcia, Ryan Barucki, David Phelps, even though he gave up our earned run today, but kind of weak. And then uh, Tim Mesa as well. The Blue Jays bullpen as a whole this season has a combined ERA of 2.69, which is fifth best in all the American League, which is such a relief based on last year when this bullpen was blowing games, especially really early in the season, to see that this bullpen has kind of stabled and has allowed the Jays to win all these close one-run ball games that we've been winning so far this season. With ex- you know, that's a tough loss. We talked about the extra inning role. We won't get into that on this episode. Maybe we'll yeah. have – when we do an, at our – end of the month hour long whatever <laughs> of a recap we might talk about it yeah. um but besides romano give it up that two run home run which one of them were was an earned run um our bullpen was stellar and i'll tell you what jesse i cannot remember a jay's team where i have felt more comfortable watching relief pitchers come into ball games man because there was a time where i was just in an absolute panic and mm-hmm. i don't know which i i could name a dozen pitchers jesse doesn't matter <laughs> but i feel very comfortable with guys coming on the hill for us and and you know you know kikuchi not a quality start gets pulled we used mm-hmm. seven arms today yeah. and i felt you know what yes we gave up eight runs in total in the ball game, but it really wasn't a bad game for pitching. Absolutely. And you, like, you knew, you knew Houston was due for a big game, man. They got, yeah. they got a good team. Mm-hmm. The fact that we took two out of three there and the bullpen really shut them down, especially in game one or two is thumbs up. Like this blue Jays team is firing on all cylinders. You love to see it. Riley, who's your last guy you want to give a thumbs up here to? Geez. Talk about guys that we've underestimated. Uh, we didn't underestimate Espinal. I underestimated the bullpen. Another guy we both did was Zach Collins. Mm-hmm. Got to give it to him, man. Um, anytime you're driving in three runs in a game is great. Um, he had, I believe he had two hits today. Don't think he did much in game one, but he is. I, I give him a thumbs up because he's someone who's earned it, man. He, he's got big shoes to fill, and he's doing more than that. I don't think Jan- Danny Jansen is... I don't know how you compare the two as hitters. They're a lefty and a righty. We need a lefty in the lineup. Collins has performed, man, whether it be at catcher and DH. Obviously, the it's a long season. We don't know how he is down the stretch at catcher, but I'm mm-hmm. fine with him the way he's been hitting so far, man. Definitely got no gripes with Zach Collins. Yeah, he just continues to be impressive. He hit a game-tying three-run home run today that left the bat at 104.2 miles per hour. And Zach Collins hasn't made, quote-unquote, weak contact on a baseball yet this year. Everything he hits has been at least league average or hard. So you love to see that, especially from a guy, your backup catcher here that's providing depth. And when Teo and Jansen got hurt, and even when Springer was dealing with his little thing there, we really needed somebody in this lineup to step up and to contribute. And Zach Collins has taken that and run with it so far. It's now at the point, not only has he solidified his spot on the roster, he's solidified his spot in this lineup. And Zach Collins needs to be in there every day until this thing goes away. Yeah, I agree, man. He is he is certainly a great depth piece, man. And when you contribute offensively like that, mm-hmm. yes, it was a loss, but three runs batted in. Still huge, man. Still huge. Um also, well, I just wanna I just wanna mention too, game one, I thought Chapman had a great game. I thought Vladdy yeah. had a good series too. Um, it's hard to get a thumbs up though, when you're working against the, obviously some great players, man, because I'll tell you what, there'll be a lot more series that I give the thumbs up to Vladdy for sure. But yeah. it was a good series. We walked into Houston. We won two games. We lost a tough one today, but that's the way the ball bounces, man. 
Yeah, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. also had his first home run of the season today, so it was good to see. He made a blunder in left field, but then proceeded to recover by throwing a guy out at third. So the Lourdes Gurriel experience there. We'll talk about it later, I'm sure. Uh, Riley, in the best fashion possible. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we got to move on to some thumbs down, though. And Riley, I think it's time we have the Kevin Biggio discussion. Coming into the season, he was supposed to be in a platoon with Espinal there, but he's hit one for 21 on the season so far. Only walked three times, nine strikeouts. Yes, he's made some good plays on defense, and he's got to be a better player than this. But, man, Riley, what do you do with Kevin Biggio at this point? I have I have a small gripe with um, even creating the lineup. Never should your, your starting first baseman hit ninth in your order. Mm-hmm. I just want... I'm a traditionalist as far as batting order goes. And if your first baseman is hitting eighth or ninth in the lineup, he's not a first baseman, man. And obviously Montoya is just trying to give him some playing time. But there's so many players that are playing right now on on just a much different level, level than Biggio. Listen, when Bo and Vlad and Kevin, the sons of, all came up together, I thought this is great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all infielders. All oh, this would be a cool infield. But Kevin is nowhere near those guys, and it sucks. Like we're watching Craig as a as a you know a young fella, and watching yeah. him three three thousand hit club man. We just had Miggy was the thirty third player to do that. Correct, Congrats, yep. Miggy. Um, but yeah, um, Biggio one for twenty one, dude. You can't you can't you know back that up. That's not good enough. Like. When you compare him to Espinal right now, they're on different planets. Yeah, Biggio's not getting the job back at second base no. unless there's an injury or something. And I'm yeah. almost thinking, too, like, yeah, he keeps getting in the lineup because he's versatile. He can play a bit of right field. He played first base today. You could throw him at third if you wanted to. But I really think it's time. Let's give Gosquet Coteau a little bit more of a look here. We've seen what Biggio can do. Keep him on the bench. You know, he can feel fine. And when rosters do shut down on uh, the 2nd of May, do we have to go back to 26-man rosters? I'm very worried that Kevin Biggio might be on that list back to Buffalo if he doesn't step it up here anytime soon. It wouldn't surprise me, man. And I agree with you on the Coteau. He had a really nice plate appearance today. That walked today. It was great. He walked, dude. And it was like, it was like, man, that's his his ability to see the ball, which is something Calvin's supposed to do. Yeah. But I haven't seen Biggio have an at-bat like that all season long. Mm-hmm. And that was Coteau's what? How many professional at-bats has he had in his life? I think that was his first one. Well, first one in the big leagues, at least. There you go. He draws a yeah. walk on on eight pitches. Yeah. At least eight pitches. I mean, good for Coteau. Like, yeah, maybe he gets more of a nod, too, if he's got versatility. I know he's an infielder, but how hard is it to play corner outfielders, really? And he played um, some in spring, some corner outfield in spring. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's definitely I, – I knew it was time to have this Cavan discussion. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. There's just there's, – I, like I said, man, this is uh, – like I said in earlier episodes, man, this is his make-or-break year, and he's, he's not even close to – to anything that is going to draw him up a successful big league career. He's just, he's, he's not even close to that level and it sucks. I want to like the guy. I really do. Good baseball family. He was in our systems is um, obviously his entire professional career thus far. Um, yeah. He just needs a shot. But I'd like, to get going. Honestly. He, he, he needs something, man. And yeah. it's just whatever, man, something's got to change. All right, Riley, moving on. Who gets a thumbs down from you in this uh, series in Houston? Who gets a thumbs down for me? I'm sorry, man. I hate to do this to you, Jesse, but um, you say Kikuchi, man. Mm-hmm. 
just wasn't just wasn't a good start today, man. It just it's it sucks. I'm high up on the guy too, but he didn't he didn't even get into um the um his four innings pitched and he walked more guys and he struck out. He walked with he walked about it with the bases loaded, man. Right. With it, which is you just don't do that, man. Like come on, throw a strike, Kikuchi. And he's someone who I did not think was going to walk a lot of batters. Yes, he had four strikeouts. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. He got real lucky today, man. He didn't get dinged for more. Than two earned runs, two earned runs, and it was just not a good performance, man. I, they pulled him at the right time because it was getting real out of hand. He got yeah. real lucky. I think he's a great pitcher, but it was not his day on the hill, that's for sure. Yeah, Kikuchi also got quite lucky in the series at Boston too, where he stranded a lot mm-hmm. of runners and stuff. I will say, with the saving grace, yes, Kikuchi wasn't that good today, but his slider velocity was up another two miles per hour, and the stuff still looks really good. He gave up his home run and walked all five batters on his cutter, his cut fastball. The pitch we've yeah. been screaming in the offseason that he should probably stop throwing and throw that 96-mile-per-hour fastball a little more, and he's still not doing it. And I think until we start to see that from Yusei Kikuchi, I don't know if this success is going to be there. So let's hope he can get in his head and Pete Walker can tell him to start doing that. It's a new team. He's, he's working with different guys, working with a different pitching coach. Let's call it early season jitters, Jesse. You're okay. pitching in a tough ballpark. Like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It just wasn't a good start. I don't think we'll see a lot more of this. I sure as hell hope that the walks don't persist like that. Because I'm, if, look, listen, our pitching's been real good. If there's one thing I got to gripe about on anything on this team, it's our walk rate and opposite yeah. from hit our hitters not drawn walks to our pitchers giving up walks that's the only gripe i have kikuchi just walked five guys they too much yeah um, i want to give just a little maybe a half thumbs down something to kind of keep keep an eye on is uh, alejandro kirk he hasn't really hit the ball hard much at all this season his average exit velocity is 87.8 miles per hour which is the worst on the team with a minimum of 25 at bats, but like he's still doing some things really well. He hasn't swung and missed at a pitch. And I think it's 13, 14 games now. Uh, so that's promising. You'd like to see him square some up, but I do want to note that use uh, that Alejandro Kirk's framing percentage has gone up to the 92nd percentile. And Kirk was always known as a very bad defensive catcher, but he seems to have really taken the role behind the plate and try to get his framing to be much better. Kind of like Danny Jansen did in his rookie year where he was known for his bat and then came up and actually worked on the defense really hard. So maybe Kirk's, focusing really hard to improve the defense and his offensive game is struggling. Just something to keep an eye on there for And Riley, you wanted to touch on uh, Bo Bichette here too. Yeah. Oh man. Um, listen, you kind of convinced me um, not to be as hard on him. I thought he made more errors than three on the air, but he made two in the series. Um, yeah. And one was in a crucial spot. We came out with the win. I believe that was um, the Friday game. We were talking about the throwing air after he made a nice play. And yeah, that was in Boston. That was oh, Boston. Before. Yeah. Well, he had two errors in this series, yeah. and and it's something like I don't know what his defense would look league wide, but it's it's not that it's not that good. He needs to be a little bit better defensively. I mean, just make the easy plays. He looked he looks flashy out there, man. Uh, he's quick. Like yeah, he's got Chapman helping him out. I there hasn't been a real situation where. It's been like Chapman has totally taken over, mm-hmm. um, helping Bo out. I mean, a shortstop's still got to make shortstop plays. Right. Um, and my other gripe was with, man, was that swing today out of the zone? He struck out on three pitches, man. And yeah. as of, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I'm like, I thought to myself, did you think this too, Jesse? I thought, this pitch isn't anywhere close to the strike zone. And yeah. it wasn't. It was in the left-handed batter's box, dude. Like, come on, man. Like, I know he doesn't, he was strong 
one walk this year and he just he's not he's not uh, hopefully it doesn't take another 50 whatever plate appearances <laughs> for him to walk again i mean kind of a rough series man i don't see it happening to bow i also think it's pre you know early season jitters yeah. don't think he's i don't think this is going to be something we see i really think he will improve as the year goes on but early in the year these wins are so important man i know houston isn't a divisional rival but certainly when we're competing for championship they're a team that we might have to go on and face. Yep. Bo Bichette still does some things really well and you want to draw a fine line. You don't want to take away from what he really exceeds at, but if he can just find a way to damage the pitches that are in the zone, he'll be really good. And Bo Bichette too, he made an out today, third out of the inning with Laddie on deck with runners on base after the seventh inning. That is the eighth time Bo Bichette has done that this year where he's made the third out of an inning in the seventh yeah. or later with runners on base. That's the most in baseball. So I'm almost saying it's time to flip the batting order. Let's put Vladdy in that two hole so he can do the damage there and we can really maximize these th- ways wins here. There's a lot you can do to play with that batting order. I don't hate it the way it is, but we're full batting second, second hitters got to be able to, um, you know, at least draw walks, at least have an on-base percentage that is fairly high or a low strikeout rate, man. You want to get set up for your big boys. I know in today's game, a lot of times your two hitters, your number one guy, as far as being the best hitter in your lineup. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to moving the order around. I just think you get Bo a couple more at-bats. He knows in his, I'm sure he knows what he's doing right and doing wrong, but. You just want to just see ho- it, right? Just want to see it. All right, I do want to get through the rest of this really quickly here. Uh, I do want to give you a bit of a prospect watch. So far, Gabriel Moreno in Buffalo, he's hitting 310, 355, 448. He's got four doubles in his eight games at Buffalo so far. So Gabriel Moreno is looking really good down there. Or Elvis Martinez is a 20-year-old in double A, so a very high placement for such a young kid. He's only hitting 210, and he only has an on-base of 261, but he's already got six home runs in 13 games, so the power is real for Elvis Martinez there. And I want to touch on a pitcher, Ricky Tideman who's made two starts now for uh, the Dunedin and the A-ball. He's 2-0 with a 1-2-0 ERA. He's pitched 15 innings. He's only given up six hits, and he struck out 24 batters. So in 15 innings, wow. striking out 24 is pretty good. Wow. With the caveat, though, he has walked 10. So the command has been kind of shaky, but the stuff in general looks unhittable. So keep an eye on him. Um, I like those. I like those numbers a lot. Those are nice to see. Um, Otto Lopez and Jordan Groshans too just began their rehab assignments, and both of them have already hit baseballs 100 miles per hour or harder. So they'll be guys to keep in line uh, as we come up here in the future. Riley, the Blue Jays finished their road trip there, and we're coming back home. The Blue Jays are 10 and six, first place in the AL East, and we will return home to welcome in the Boston Red Sox, who are seven and nine. Four games back for a four-game series. Jays currently rank 16th in runs scored, where Boston's 18th, and the Jays rank 19th in ERA, where Boston is 18th. So on paper, two very similar stats. Uh, game one of the series looks like it's going to be Jose Barrios against Nathan Avaldi. Game two will be Kevin Gosman against Nick Pavetta. Game three will be Ross Stripling against Michael Waka. And game four will be Alec Manoa against To Be Determined. It was supposed to be Tanner Houck's day, but uh, the Red Sox don't have people who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19, so not everyone will be making the trip north to Canada here. Uh, Riley, what are you looking forward to seeing most in the series? Well, I think with starting with Barrios, Gosman, I think right off the bat, this is a, a real opportunity for us to collect two wins just like that. Um, I mean, Evaldi and Pavetta are real, really no slouches, but I think we will be able to hit them well, better than um, Boston's lineup can hit a good Jose Barrios. And I'll just say Kevin Gosman as he's, as he's been thus far, Kevin Gosman has been fantastic. I'm really yeah. excited to see those guys. Um, and as far as 
the, the last two games this series. I hope that Manoa also has a, a great start as, as well. Obviously, you know, you don't want to see any pitcher be real bad, but this is a real opportunity for us to capture wins against a divisional rival that, that is the Red Sox. I know that their record doesn't show that they're a good ball club right now, but they are a good yeah. ball club. And that. you know what? <laughs> I was thinking split, but I think we've been playing hot baseball, man. And if we do what I'll say is take three out of four, that's my that's my take. I think if we take three out of four, we're going to put ourselves in a real good spot to start this year, Jesse. Mm-hmm. I haven't lost the series yet. The only the only other four-game series we played was against the Yankees, and we split it. Uh, I really want to see Jose Barrios put it together. Like, let's go. We need to see mm-hmm. that run of dominance that Jose Barrios can have. I also really want to see Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, and Alejandro Kirk really put some barrel on baseball this series. Mm-hmm. These pitchers aren't world beaters you know they can go out and they should be able to yeah. hit them so let's see those three guys put it together uh riley anything else to add before we get out here today yeah i have a hunch i know i'm i'm high on chapman i haven't said i haven't even mentioned his name in this episode yeah. till now i'm thinking we go back toronto i'm telling you man i think that this is going to be i think this time on on friday that'll be when we do our next episode yeah. right or thursday, 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 thursday night. evening yeah Thursday evening, I'm going to come back here, and my first thumbs up is going to be Matt Chapman. I might eat those words, but I'm <laughs> saying, Jesse, I think it's time that my guy drives out a big series, and I think this is it, man. I think this is it. I think little, it's time. I was going to say, a little home cooking for Matt Chapman would be great. Yeah, let's see it happen, man. I'm I'm ready, and like I said, hopefully, I, hopefully I'm sitting here talking about Barrios too, man. Mm-hmm. I say I say three out of four this series. All right. Well, that'll do it for our episode here today. Uh, thanks for watching and make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, we just got some new thumbnails made for our videos, which I think look really sick. So feel free to check those out. Leave a comment, tell you what you think. If you're looking for some Maple Leaf content, check us out. Check out our friends over at Leafs and Lads. They're going to get you geared up for the playoff runs and hook you up all postseason. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.